With Jason, I think he's got good connection now. Uh, hello, you can hear me. Yes. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Jason, back to your thoughts about the game. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I'd say that what you um said within the that last part. Yeah. That pretty is basically explanatory of what's going on. Uh. Obviously, Canucks did a good job. Um. In particular, what I really liked was that when Wild was becoming more and more undisciplined during that third game, I think we were able to take advantage with a few good power plays. Uh, I think that we definitely improved the power play from obviously last game, which I think, especially within that first game and second game, we weren't able to really take advantage with special teams. Uh, This time around, we're definitely um, taking full advantage of uh, any sort of penalty that they an opportunity they basically gave us. But obviously uh, the, the second thing is that obviously the penalty kill was really good too. We didn't allow one single, like, well, one single goal in general, but no, like mm-hmm. no goals on uh, any wild power play. And the interesting thing is with game three, obviously there was a lot of penalties. I think it was around 22 to be exact. So, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know what the particular record is. I'm pretty sure maybe something like the Broad Street Bullies would have said it something like that. I don't know. Um, But like my, my thinking is that, you know, as the game continued to get more undisciplined and wild kind of straight away, what made them successful in game one, which was staying disciplined as the Canucks tried to continue to try to push their buttons and wild were not having it. I think that was one thing that I think really, uh, made the Wild successful in Game 1, as well as being completely defensively sound and having a great performance from Alex Stalock. Uh, just Game 2 and 3, we just have not seen the same thing. Like, I, from what I've been seeing, like, you know, the Wild has definitely been more and more undisciplined during the last two games. You know, the characters starting to break down uh, in themselves as they continue to get frustrated with Jacob Markstrom. Uh, Kevin Fiala just was shut down throughout the whole Game 3, which was basically the catalyst of offense for a while for game one and two. So that's, so that's also huge too. And uh, obviously finally um, with, with this whole game, I believe that, you know, the Canucks were, you know, we, we, they just showed why they were just supposed to be the better team. Um, We didn't see that with game one, but we were able to see that with games two and three, that we have lots of offensive um, capable players that we're just taking a little bit of time to get comfortable uh, within game one. And we're just finally able to uh, break through Brock Besser, second goal of the series. So that's obviously huge. Um, Pedersen with his first career playoff goal too, which is amazing as well. And uh, Markstrom with his first uh, playoff shutout too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First, first career uh, playoff shutout for March, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Yeah, I think one thing that I really liked was that, like, you know, we've seen very stellar um, goaltender performances, obviously from both ends of the rink. But the good thing is now that we have momentum on our side and we're going into, like, this back-to-back thing, with literally the next game is, like, t- tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. 
so like probably even by the time that like you know you release this podcast it's probably already over so like at this point we're kind of just you know uh at this moment just like you know predicting what we think is going to happen with game four but uh yeah just to say in short for like game three i think that you know if we do the exact same things in game three, like, you know, it's, it's a very cliche thing to say, but like, if we say, if we do the same thing that made us successful in game three, like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna translate to basically the same thing in game four. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from a couple of things you mentioned, especially Fiala, like he was getting frustrated, especially with Markstrom, as you said. And I wanted to point out how he uh, he gave a shot to Markstrom. Mm-hmm. Yes, the guy yes. didn't like, and I'm very glad the Canucks didn't like as well. And Stetcher put him in the corner, and Sutter gave him a little pummeling. I think that yeah. was that was good to see. <laughs> it was funny that Sutter got away with the penalty, but it was deserved that Fiala should go to the box, and inevitably, I think it was a uh, a Pedersen that scored. On the ensuing penalty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, um, so that's yeah, that showed his frustration. Sure. Yeah, no, I definitely believe like you know that shot to both Fedler and Markstrom. I think that was definitely like definitely uncalled for. Um, and you know, like you know, when it comes to especially an agitated series, like obviously with the Canucks and Wild, which you know honestly wasn't something I was really expecting. Like honestly, I, I thought with this type of series, it would have been way more skill based. And we kind of would have the old chip like here and there, but this is this is definitely something that can turn to be like a big rivalry in the next like a, few years. Few great, years, like you know, series. Yeah, they don't like, like each other, and yeah, you can see that like, from the get go. It, it's very interesting that from the very mm. beginning of the series, like it was very chippy. Like I never thought like the the chippy series that the NHL would be basically presenting with with like, you know, this play-in series would be the Canucks versus the Wild. Like those aren't two teams that you would think, oh, well, they, they really hate each other and they're going to go right at it from the moment the, the whistle is blown for the first period of game one. Like that's not something I don't think many of us really expected, but it is still something that like has basically been happening the entire time, obviously with uh, for, you know, especially with like Furland with the first fight, like, you know, hopefully he's okay. Unfortunately he has, has been reported, has left the bubble. He's going to um, Manitoba basically to get get basically his uh, concussion um, symptoms basically checked. And uh, oh. like at this point, the like who even knows how his career is going to be um, going to be dictated uh, at this point. Like that's probably an unfortunate end that you may that Ferland may have for uh, his whole playing career. And honestly, like you know if he decides to call it quits um, just because like, you know, he believes like, you know, these concussion symptoms are just not going away. I mean, like, honestly, like there's just times where you just got to recognize like, you know, maybe this, maybe this like career is just not for me anymore. You know? Yeah. It's, it's really tough to see because Ferland, he's such a good player. He's feisty. He can, he can step up for guys. And he ruined, <laughs> he haunted our our team 
2015. I think we all remember, but yeah, hope he's okay. Hope he recovers again. And it's similar to Berchi, I think. I, I just hope both of them can get those concussions out of the way. But yeah, it is unfortunate. He had to leave for Manitoba. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like for me in particular, like no matter like the player, like even even players like Ryan Hartman, who like, you know, for example, like, you know, like that hit on Pedersen in particular. I don't think like, I don't know if you saw that hit, um, Justin. Did you see that hit that uh, Hartman have on uh, Pedersen? What was your opinion on it? I hate Hartman. Mm. I hate Hartman with a passion. He he's It's not the first time he's been like that. And that, that, like a lot of people said, that possibly could have really, yeah, not good things for Pedersen. I don't even want to say it, but it was a very mm-hmm. dangerous, dangerous angle and how Pedersen's, like, body was, where his head was. So I'm glad PD's okay, but, yeah, I don't like Hartman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because for me, like, him. for me, like, I can tell, like, obviously Hartman is – obviously like you know one of the more chippier players within the series i think i from what i was seeing with the hit personally like i saw like you know even though he was like intending to hit Pedersen, i think like he was being tripped by another wild player i don't know what wild player was also in that little like area there i don't think hartman meant to like fully injure but like you could see within that video he's trying to somewhat try to pull up just so that he doesn't try to like fully hit Pedersen into the board there. So that's like, I think that's something that like, you know, maybe I'm in the minority of Canuck fans. I don't think like in particular Hartman was meaning to like injure Pedersen. Like he was already like intending to hit and he already just, and he just saw that Pedersen was being kind of tripped up. He tried to pull up as much as possible, not to injure him as much as possible. Like, I think within the first two games, like we could definitely like indicate that we definitely have a bias. Like, you know, for for example, like obviously I don't like Hartman myself, but like, you know, that's mainly because I'm a Canucks fan. Uh, You know, I'll definitely indicate that bias, but uh, I think that, you know, if you see the play uh, like, and basically try to look at the context, like a little further in my personal opinion, I think that he wasn't, trying to like intently like injure Pedersen like you know by hitting like you know him and, and his head into the into the boards that's just kind of what I saw yeah I might I might take another look right now right now yeah. but uh, you could make a good point but yeah from first take it looked like Hartman like first take him. it looks bad yeah. first take it honestly looks bad and I can understand why a lot of people would get frustrated because of it too so let me just take a quick, quick look here. Yeah, yeah, you can give it a look. Uh, like, uh, sometimes I like see different Sports angles it, from like Twitter. So, yeah, yeah, there it is. Because I didn't see this part. I was still not watching because yeah. I had to finish something very quickly. But mm-hmm. well, I don't know. I see that replay again. Who, who, who went to help? Oh, so, yeah, so you see, like, you know, Quinn Hughes tries to give it a little bit of a shove, but then it's also um, JT Miller who ends up, like, dropping those gloves, like, right away, which, you know, first off, good on JT Miller, you know, protecting the teammate. That's definitely, you know, a good, 
a good thing to show. Like, you know, it definitely shows the Canucks are definitely no longer, you know, that soft team in the playoffs anymore. Like they definitely with this playoff series, I think try to um, get rid of that soft label as much as possible. Um, And if they play like this in the, uh, in the other series, like, you know, first off, I hope that, you know, their bodies don't get worn out too much too quickly. But secondly, like, I think it definitely shows that like, you know, if they're ever going to get anywhere near Markstrom or, you know, try to cheap shot a player, like, you know, there will be, there will be answers that they're going to, that they're, and there's going to be consequences that they're going to have to face. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. From how you analyze it, I think it's similar, mm-hmm. but I will disagree that, that someone pushed him in. I don't think anyone pushed him in there. He was going for the hit. He was going for the puck, but then he went for the hit. But I can see that he didn't try to, like, stop up, but you can see how he tried to brace and saw Pedersen's head was in a vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see how, yeah, you can see how his arm hits the boards instead of, I think if he really wanted to injure Pedersen, he would have aimed his arm directly at Pedersen. That would have been very, very dangerous. Yeah. You can see how it hits the boards, and of course, unfortunately, Pedersen's momentum hit him, hit, got him hit in the head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it couldn't be much more serious, and I think Hartman didn't try to exactly. He didn't really try to injure Pedersen. He it was dangerous, and it was unfortunate because Pedersen was in that position. But in this case, I can't yeah. say that for like, other cases though. There was a couple cases even today where Hartman went for some nasty hits. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely. Like, mm-hmm. you can see within the replay, it's uh, Kevin Fiala, who ends up, like, within that battle with Pedersen, kind of, like, kind of trip him up with his stick. And unfortunately, like, Hartman was already coming in, you know, pretty full speed. It was very difficult in a split second, like, you know, like, we can always psychoanalyze like everything within a play but the thing is like you know hockey players are people like us they'll notice things like you know split second we'll have to make split second decisions and you know they see you see with Hartman like within that clip basically trying to keep those arms like above where Pedersen's uh-huh, um, uh-huh. head is just making sure that he does like he doesn't hit the head or like you know the body in any particular way and like you know we can always say oh well why didn't he just sidestep to the left of Pedersen well I mean like He's Hartman's not necessarily Hartman. Hartman isn't Connor McDavid. He doesn't have like, like out of worldly skating abilities. Like no, like very few people have that type of skating ability. So I think like, you know, with Hartman, like he's trying the best he can to make sure he wasn't like trying to injure uh, Pedersen as much as possible. Uh, It's still a dangerous hit, of course, but I think like with circumstances, definitely like very difficult to avoid. Could definitely also say, like, you know, maybe within that scrum, like, you could already tell, like, you know, maybe a second or two before the hit, like, he was already kind of crouching down. So maybe don't go for the hit. And, like, that's something that can also be argued, too. I think, like, it's very difficult within any sort of playoff to, you know, try to um, essentially try to argue like you know for and and against like hits because sometimes like you know playoff hockey is definitely more chippier than like a regular season game um and with this type of like scenario it definitely shows like you know people are more feisty out there people go for hits more often and because of that we have more situations where 
uh, we're arguing like, you know, is this a cheap hit? Like, you know, is this something where they were intending to injure? I think this is one of the times that like, you know, I don't think Hartman was intending to injure. I think he was just intending to hit Pedersen. Like he, I guess basically the plan of the wild was to, you know, shut down Pedersen and like Miller yeah. and Hughes and, you know, the other players. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you here completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think in this particular, like, not strange if you're, when you're watching this, it's not that I, because I hate Hartman. Maybe as much as I hated Ferdling in 2015, but in this particular play, it didn't look like Hartman was going for it. And you can tell by his reaction when Miller went after him, he's like, buddy, I didn't, I didn't, that's not what I meant kind of thing. But he, he was, he had to drop the gloves, you know, he was kind of forced to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think really, yeah, the whole play kind of shows. I think yeah, Jason, you you changed my mind about that play. Yeah, I only I think look too. So yeah, yeah, I think like you know, especially you know, especially within the world of Twitter sports, like we have this like instinction like to view something once and kind of just instantly say, oh, well, that was such a dirty hit, or you know, oh, that's such <clears throat> like a horrible play. Like, you know, I think, like, for me, like, when I first saw it, like, obviously, I had the same reaction as pretty much anyone, like, in the Canucks fandom. But then, like, you know, I tried to make sure that, you know, I'm as non-biased as possible. And, you know, with Steve Dangle, when he was talking about the Jake Muzzin hit, like, he could tell, like, you know, hits like that happen a lot of the time. And it's unfortunate that Jake Muzzin got hurt. Like, for me, like, you know, if, you know, you know and God and God bless that Pedersen's okay. Like, you know, yes. what What if the same thing happened with Pedersen? Like, I think I would still be saying the same thing. Like, of course, like, you know, hits like that just unfortunately happened during the playoffs where things are more chippy and feisty. Um, and like, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Steve Dangle saying stuff like, you know, I can tell, like, you know, with that type of hit Dubois did on Muzzin, like, it should be a penalty, but it shouldn't be a suspension. Like, that's basically the same, like, viewpoint that I would have for the Hartman hit on Pedersen, whether he was injured or not. Did did Hartman get a penalty on that? Uh yes, he was he was called for a penalty. Oh, he was. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Basically um it was for boarding and uh roughing and then JT Miller was for roughing because he dropped the dropped yeah, the no, I, I think so. that's fair. I think that's yeah. that's totally fair. Yeah, so then basically they went to a power play then. Uh, did they score on that power play? I'm, I'm not sure. sure they didn't. Or maybe they mm-hmm. didn't. I don't know. Uh, from what I'm seeing, let me just make sure. Yeah, um, great analysis uh, from that. I think most connections that are sensibly neutral will agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think it says something because I'm definitely more optimistic, a little more biased. Try not to be sometimes, but it just happens. But I agree with Jason here, so I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I think I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. what I'm seeing is like no. I think I think that's a no on on that one because yeah, I said think, thirteen. I don't think we scored on that part. Says thirteen forty nine, so don't think so. Or is that thirteen forty nine left? Shoot. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that the the point the point is is that like you know for me like you know I try to make sure like you know I come with it like as like you know 
like a factual perspective as much as possible. I know like, you know, for some people who are not like, you know, Canuck fans may be listening like, you know, oh, Canuck fans are very emotional on Twitter. Like, you know, I, I try to make sure like, you know, I look at things as like, you know, as, you know, far away from the Canucks fandom lens as possible. And like, basically like try to have my perspective on things, even if I'm in the minority. Oh yeah. No, Canucks fans can be very, uh, one-sided yeah very easily yeah i i agree yeah yeah but uh you know hopefully Pedersen's still okay hopefully nothing comes out of that particular hit hopefully he's still um i think he can still continue to be okay like you know if anything canucks will definitely need a player like elise Pedersen to make sure that center of the ice is basically going to be secure um, and obviously, like, you know, he was able to score a goal, like, later on in the game, uh, when it was, of course, very, very late. But at the same time, you know, um, you know, it definitely shows that he's definitely tried to hold his own as much as possible. You've definitely seen him try to push back as much as possible um, during during the few games, if you watch a few clips around. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, that's and, person, uh, fighting back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So base basically like basically that's um what we're um basically seeing out of Pedersen. Like, you know, he's definitely trying his best not to be pushed around as much as possible, trying to give a little back, so we should say. So yeah, I think yeah. I think overall, like, you know, this like this game was definitely the prototypical game that Canucks want to basically like like reenact uh, tomorrow, tomorrow evening, except for the penalties. I think that was a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, stay disciplined. Play, play the game like the Wild did in Game One. Exactly. Be defensively sound. Make sure that the Wild are the ones, like you know, making mistakes. Like, if they're going to be super aggressive, which honestly they're probably going to, because like they, they have to be. They, they, they have to be uh-huh. like. They have to win. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's a must-win game. Like, you know, exactly. and it's not like must-win as an, oh, game one is a must-win game. No, like this is an actual game that they actually have to win. So I think, I think they're going to – we have to be careful of like the first five minutes because they're going to be hungry right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, also like, you know, obviously with Markstrom, he's had a few difficulties in the past with – uh you know, being a slow starter at times, I think he's definitely tried his best to, you know, shave that label as much as possible, especially working with the goalie coach. I think his name is Ian Clark. Yes, um, Ian Clark, yes. Yeah. He's um, definitely done wonders, not only for Markstrom's game, but also, um, you know, for Demko's game as well, who is basically the backup. Uh, haven't seen much out of Demko. Like, you know, in, in fact, I think like, I've kind of almost like in a way completely forgot about Thatcher Demko in a, in a way, but um, yeah, Thatcher Demko and also working with uh, Michael DiPietro as well, who's um, oh, yeah. obviously Utica's starter definitely has um, definitely has grown despite uh, some unfortunate starts uh, in the, uh, in the NHL. Um, yeah, no, nothing to do about that. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a different time. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't want to talk about that. It, it shouldn't have happened like that, but mm-hmm. good, good experience regardless, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that's basically kind of the recap, unless he had uh, any other things to indicate in particular. I think we talked about the thing that everyone's talking about. And uh, exactly. mm-hmm. I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, Louis Erickson. We, we're still winning with Louis Erickson, so that's exactly. good. We're 2-0 with Louis Erickson. So then, it's, it's yeah. weird. Like, the weird thing I feel like with Louis Erickson in a way is that a lot of us, like, you know, outside of, you know, the Canucks team, like, basically mock Louis Erickson. But, like, whenever it comes to an interview, like, you know, Bo Horvat, like, will be the one of the first people to say, like, you know, with Louis, they just things seem to, like, just work with the lineup. And, you know, like, it's if hard. things, like, it's it's weird. Like, you know, like, obviously, the the weird thing is that, in general, Canucks have not allowed, like, any goals in, like, the five-on-fives. And that's, like, attributed, first off, to the numerous amounts of penalties, but also to the fact that, you know, with the with the Canucks and the Wild, like in as well, like you know, they've been pretty stellar when it comes to uh, five on five, well, five on five, like kind of uh, play with with the Wild, like a little less so, obviously, because Canucks is the only team left, like out of every single of the twenty four teams that have not allowed a five on five goal during mm-hmm. the playoff. Yeah, no, that's a crazy stat. And I hope it continues. And hope yeah. we don't concede on the power play either. Mm-hmm. I don't think we will much with uh, Tyler Mott and Louis Erickson. We'll go back to that. But something I just want to quickly mention was, um, I don't, um, Jason, did you watch the, we're just going to switch sports gears uh, real quick, but did you watch sure. the Real Madrid-Liverpool Champions League final game 2018? The Real Madrid game. Uh-huh. You said 2018. So this yeah. is like back in 2018? Yeah, 2017-18 season. Yeah. Uh, I think I did, but I don't remember much about it. This is kind of just out, out of the blue. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I think you'll remember this event. It was when yeah. Ra- Sergio Ramos and uh, Mohamed Salah, they were going for a ball. And then mm-hmm. Ramos mm-hmm. kind of tangled with him. And then Salah had to get carried off on a stretcher because he, he got injured. Yeah. I, I do. I do remember. I do remember that. Like, like, obviously I remember like, obviously real Madrid wins and like, you know, and also I, like I with agree, the stretcher incident, like if you were to tell me about anything like within the match though, like I probably wouldn't not. Have yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not going to talk so. about anything else. Yeah. It's just that particular moment. I just want to know your thoughts. Do you think it was intentional on Ramos's part? Cause it's kind of similar to, this Hartman situation. So I just wanted to know what you were th- what you thought. Um, not sure, not sure. I don't really remember much about the hit. Like, was was it something where like they kind of like rushed at? Like, you know, yeah, they were both, like, they were both going for a ball together, but then you can see Ramos hooking his arm around Salah and kind of tangling, coming down. At mm-hmm. first, I thought it wasn't intentional, but now looking at it, it kind of does. And I think it broke Salah's arm, which was really unfortunate. But yeah, let me see. So, was it something where like he intentionally tried to like tangle his like leg around or? No, no, his or... arm. He wrapped his, his arm, arm okay. around Salah's okay, arm. Okay, so basically wrapped around. Mm-hmm. Who is the one injured? Was it Carvajal? Or... 
Ramos. Ramos, Ramos and Ramos. Uh, Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Okay, I was thinking about um, something else then. Um, let's see. I'm not sure. I, I kind of would have to look at the hit again just to um, give you like a proper like argument, but I'm honestly, I honestly can't give you an answer right now. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's okay. But I, I just wanted to see the comparison between the two. But it was mm-hmm. well, it's interesting. That was a huge pivotal moment of the game too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last point I wanted to mention it's something I made a post on on my sports account. But the penalty kill, and especially, of course, Louis Erickson, he's such a good penalty kill specialist. But Tyler Mott, I don't think we give this guy enough credit. Back when we traded Thomas Rannick for him and UC Okanen, but I think it's done wonders. And Tyler Mott's been such a good penalty killer and just a great player in his role. And uh, seven block shots too. Oh yeah, yeah. Recorded. Yeah. I mentioned that. I think he's a work. He's a he's a workhorse. Points. He's definitely a workhorse. Oh yeah, and like he just does things. I I before you kind of cut off. Or after you cut off, I kind of just mentioned quickly. Mott just does things, especially on the power penalty kill, that us us fans want the players to do. Like when they have the puck, you go pressure, pressure when when he needs to get a stick on it and get it out. Whereas a lot of the, the other players would just kind of hang back, try to block a passing lane, but end up not working. Mott just knows when to pressure the guy and make life hell. Or the opposite opposite team. And I noticed that since basically when he got here. And he's got the speed too. He could have definitely had a couple of shorthanded goals already, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mott, Sutter, Beagle, Erickson, like all those like penalty killers. They're all like been been very been very successful. Like obviously keeping keeping that penalty kill like absolutely perfect throughout the whole game and like you know with Mott like you know being part of that effort like blocking a lot of shots it get, it basically is what frustrates the opposing team because they're not able to get shots and they're not able to get chances and rebounds uh, off those power play uh, opportunities which like you know it take it takes like a lot more character, like in a way than like one would think to like block a shot in itself, because like you know obviously you're putting your own like you know body and life on the line whenever you're thinking about like blocking a shot, so like you know it's definitely harder, easier, easier said than done too to say like you know people should be like you know blocking shots, putting their body on the line for Stanley Cup, like it's. Like when you really think about it, it's oh, yeah. like you know, like you know, we we feel like I feel very grateful, like you know, oh, yeah. for players like Tyler Mott to like you know, like without like any any hesitation to like put a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of his own um, like you know, um, put put his own body and like obviously like a lot of uh, like himself like basically on the line when it comes to like not only penalty killing, but also being like a huge energy player. Like you see with Tyler Mott, he definitely oozes with like a lot of like energy whenever he's like on the ice. He's very like, you know, fast when it comes to skating around is very 
effective on the penalty kill because he's able to, you know, basically be able to not only block shots, but also have like, you know, that, that quick step to uh, reach any of the power play attackers too. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely, um, I definitely will agree. Tyler Mott, like definitely will become a bigger name if Canucks decide to uh, keep him. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Benning will for sure. And uh, blocking shots, it all comes back down to Chris Tanner, who had an amazing game today, I noticed. Easily. Mm-hmm. He is probably the king of putting his body on the line, no matter what mm-hmm. happens. He's, the man's just Iron Man, pretty much. Of course, he does get yeah. injured a lot, but this year, he was, you know, he played every single game, and he, he was just so good, not just blocking shots, but taking away passing lanes, cutting passes off, being in the right position, he he became that shutdown demon that we saw two or three years ago when we when we said he was one of the top shutdown demon in the entire NHL. So I think mm-hmm. Tan Tanner's back, and Tanner's adding, de- Tanner's adding, definitely and, back, and adding a little offensive game too. I don't know if it's Quinn Hughes or you know the break or the you know the the coach helping him out, but even in training camp he looked he scored a couple of goals too. So that's great to see. I think Quinn Hughes is definitely rubbing off on every D-man. And uh, speaking of Quinn Hughes, three assists. How was that? It's franchise mm-hmm. record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, here. Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes. And the funny thing is, like, you know, like, like we actually have a group chat where each of, each of us is basically named after a player. <laughs> yeah. So... So Justin is Quinn Hughes. I'm Tanner Pearson. I don't know how I got the name Tanner Pearson. Like, yeah, I, not... I think it's just super steady. He's like a bigger body. You know, he can mm-hmm. score that goal. Remember that game two goal? Yeah. Seconds I, in, that was a beauty. Well done, Tanner. I think like one thing that like I really liked about Tanner Pearson like was um, especially last season where he was able to get a lot of points basically on the board for the Canucks. Uh, and is kind of like, you know, that kind of steady, like second, third line type of winger type of guy, uh-huh. which is like a player that you don't really 100% notice and is not like the most effective, like in a way, but is also like one person that you won't have to like worry too much in any sort of sense. Like, you know, he's not going to be like a player that really like costs you too much, like defensively. And he's able to chip off offensively like every now and again. So that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, on the power play, I'm still a little shaky, especially our entire second unit a little bit. Except for Jake for ten, I'm comfortable with Jake on the power play, but Pearson's definitely more comfortable, especially more than like Roussel. I wish we had someone else to replace Roussel on the power play, but yeah, he's been steady, steady Tanner. So. I think that's why you got that name. Super solid player who had a career season as well. But yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, is there is there any is there any players like from this game that kind of like we didn't like notice in itself? Because like it basically was basically was like one of the best games we could essentially have. Oh yeah. Like, was there any? Was there anyone who kind of just kind of disappeared even with oh, that good like performance? A disappointing, disappointing game. Yeah, because well, I, I can't I really think of. 
anyone. I just want to mention one thing where Vancouver could have made a three nothing before Pedersen's goal. The Horvat chance <laughs> that uh, Stalag amazing save by the way. Can't can't deny that. But yeah, Horvat had half the net and he shot it right. I I don't. I feel like he might have even missed the net. Who knows? But. Yeah, it was a wonderful save, but Horvath should have scored that for sure. Not saying Horvath had a bad game. Horvath does a heavy lifting, as the Pompeys mentioned. But that was something I just wanted to quickly mention. That could have ended the game a lot quicker. I think it was shorthanded, too. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like um, Horvath can definitely take his chances a little better. It's not the first time he's been robbed by a goaltender from point blank. Yeah, that two-on-one opportunity was uh, definitely, like, could have, like, cinched the game. I wouldn't, like, put too much on Horvat for something like that. At that point, it was kind of just house money, like, making sure that we would have more assurance. Um, but, like, you know, I, what I saw with Horvat was he was basically trying to try to shoot the puck, like, kind of close-ish to where Stalock was basically, like, initially starting, like, you know, yeah that dive over to the other side. I think what he was assuming was that like Stalock was just basically going to try to dive over and Horvat could shoot a puck basically underneath Stalock to basically get that goal. Oh. Like I'm assuming that's what the instinct was, but then that's like, you're, you're, yeah, but then I think your first instinct wouldn't be to go near side there. You probably mm-hmm. look at the empty left side, but. Yeah. Got it, got so it. then, so then, what you would assume is that Stalock would maybe try to reach out to like you know that top corner, mm. or maybe reach that stick out to the middle, and then from there, like the low percentage chance would actually be to shoot the puck where he initially is, because like he like obviously Stalock is thinking, okay, move over to the other side as fast as possible. You would think. So then your instinct would be, well, why don't I shoot the puck to where he's moving from? And I think that's what like Horvat was like trying to think about doing with that shot. Like, you know, no, no, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure though because well, obviously I'm not, I'm not. I'm not Bo Horvat. So <laughs> that makes sense though. And it's weird how because because uh, Stalock didn't fully extend the glove. It was kind of he kind of curled his arm a bit. I think that's why he even got the save. But yeah, credit to Stalock there. Can't can't deny it was an amazing save. Didn't really end up him helping him. It could have, but didn't. But yeah, back to your question of uh, who didn't, who kind of had a not so great game. Um, top line again. I think the the lotto line is just money. It's a, it's an amazing line. Very very you know creates a lot of chances. Always dangerous. Um, second line, yeah, like with Louis Erickson, it just worked. They just look like it's so weird. Like with Toffoli on the line, and then Louis on the line, Louis on the line with Horvat and Pearson just looks so much better and more stable. And I guess you could kind of make for it because Louis is more defensively capable. But I don't know. It just he just makes it work. And honestly, I'm fine with that second line. I think I still think they can score. And Horvath's job isn't to really score anyway. It's to shut down that opposite, opposite opposing top line. So no problem with that. Third line with uh, – who centers the third line? Is it 
Sutter? Uh, oh. Center and th- third line is usually Brandon Sutter. Yeah. And then Beagle's on the fourth line. Yeah. Yeah. Sutter. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with he had a uh, a key face up win in the penalty on the penalty kill for on the five on three for like six seconds, I believe. And he was he's just so so solid. He's been yeah, he was really solid. He got a couple good stick lifts and good defensive positioning. Beagle was fine. Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, Myers, maybe. Yeah, um, his his um, penalty run continued, which was not yeah. good to see, but yeah, I, I think like I just I think I just like like Myers' physicality in particular. I do. Like, of I course, do. Honestly, it costs. Yeah. It costs with penalties, but like you know, with with this type of series where penalties is kind of more in abundance, the main thing you're trying to do with this type of uh, series is be as chippy as possible and try to scare off like you know for lack of a better term, like the bear, like, oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, because obviously like, you know, if there's a very chippy series, you want to basically try to show the other team and mm-hmm. the skill players, like, you know, you know, to basically try to back off as much as possible. And like, you know, Myers using his size to become as chippy as possible, is something that I think would be personally beneficial. Um, and also would be like, you know, a good thing for like the locker room. You know, obviously, like, you know, like we make a lot of fun with character and like the locker room, I think sometimes. Um, but I think that like, you know, it definitely could be like very appreciated, like, you know, when Myers tries to stick up for uh, players in particular. No, I love except for that. Opinion. Except for that one bad penalty that Tyler has. I mean, that that in itself is obviously bad. But yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 yeah. He didn't have a poor game, honestly, like. Might be an unpopular opinion, but I just love how we have a guy at six foot eight can throw the body around. He's starting to do it more, which is good. And he has a decent shot, of course. He doesn't have as good a shot as he should for a guy his um height, but he just has that threatening presence, right? And I think without Tyler, we wouldn't be as good. And like you said, scare off the opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give um, the top six of the other team something to worry about, and and he had a really nice hit too at finishing his check. That was good to see. So yeah, honestly, I don't think anyone really had a bad game. Like I think mm-hmm. Tyler, Ty, Tyler Myers having the worst game, in my opinion, it speaks volumes of how well we played as a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, like you know, obviously with Myers, like the main the main thing is the physicality. Of course, like the main issue I still have with him is like the giveaways and like you know the puck management. Uh, he has a good shot on the power play in particular, which is definitely something that Canucks have seen as a benefit. Like obviously, Travis Green has since put Myers obviously on the power play uh, for his slap shot. Basically, to shoot in through the um, through the wilds like penalty kill, just to get some rebounds for the more skilled players. Um, past that, like you know, it's like with Tyler Myers, I think he still needs to work on stuff like puck control as well oh, as yeah. like hockey IQ, oh, yeah. which is obviously like a very like long drawn out type of process. But like you know, I mean, if anything, Tyler Myers has has some more years here, so you know, you know can. Anytime he wants to work on that type of mm-hmm. stuff would be would be would be very gracious uh, as the Canucks <laughs> fandom. So you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, 
agree. He has his pros and cons, but overall, I'm I'm glad he's on the team, and I think he makes the team better. Mm-hmm. Just just wish he wouldn't take as many penalties. Unnecessary. And I wish, yeah. and you know, not do too many giveaways either. Yeah, so. <laughs> that too. A more calm with the puck. I definitely wouldn't trust him as much as like Quinn or Tanev or Stetcher with the puck on on the stick, especially on a power play or if we're trailing with like a couple minutes to go. You know, I definitely see that shakiness coming up, but you know, he has a give and take. Yeah, um, so wrapping up, actually, we didn't get to talk about game two, but I think game two was good, too. We won, ultimately, of course, there were some couple of couple of goals that gave us a little scare, but overall, I, I think it was, it was Besser that scored a 2-1, and then I forgot who scored a third goal. The Horvat? Uh, the third goal? Yeah. In game two. In game two. Uh, from what I remember, um, let, me, let me just make sure. Circle. Uh, so let me see. It was no, it was Brock Besser, right? It was Brock Besser. Oh, Besser! Was that, it oh, was that. Yeah. It was that one. It was that one goal where Besser was kind of. Um, he got pinned to the board. Uh, I think it was Ryan Suter. Oh yeah, no, uh, and then he basically he spun away. Yeah. So so what what happened basically in that play um, with Brock Besser and Ryan Suter is that Ryan like Brock Besser was always uh, obviously trying to go around the net. Uh, Suter ended up uh, basically pinning him over, and Suter kind of just went to the middle of the ne- middle of um, the slot just to try to protect it. Forgot about Brock Besser. Brock Besser took a little bit of time, um, basically skated over to the empty side. When they got the shot in, Besser was able to um, get the rebound uh, and just shoot the puck in for his, uh, you know, basically his first ever uh, playoff goal. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was closer than I thought. It almost missed the net. Almost at the post, but it was a huge goal. Huge, huge goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Smart obviously, every goal, every goal was huge because you know, without any of them, we would have been going to overtime, and who knows how that would have affected the uh, the series. True. True. But uh, I but either way, like I think with that game, like I was just I was just like frustrated during the last like two minutes, just I because they continued yeah, like yeah. I like they continued shooting the puck into the like over to the other side. Like for for my for my money, like I would have just turtled the puck at that point. You know, just turtle the yeah. puck around where the end where like one of the corners were. Yeah, and just tried to kill time. Like, you know, especially with that goal, like, nine seconds left, like, that could have been completely avoided if they didn't kept icing the puck. 
essentially. That's true. Which, we, I used to put a couple too many times missing in that. But yeah, um, we shut down the island game three. And yeah, that's about that for game two. Game one, we already talked about. Um, we didn't talk about game one, but it's okay. Well, we won't. We don't need to talk about game one. Um, yeah. I mean, like game one was just basically what well, we talked about the Vancouver oh, yeah, Canucks, but basically in reverse for the Wild. Like that's basically in short what happened. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about this game and then Minnesota having the like. Win. Yeah, yeah. Like in, instead, instead of like. Like Brock Baxter and Pedersen, we would have just said like you know Fiala and Stahl, because yeah. those were the guys who were like you know doing the assist and goal scoring. So oh, yeah. you know that's there. That's basically that's basically what happened in Game One. So all right, that that about wraps it up for our analysis of those two games, three games I guess. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, are you watching it together, Jason or? Uh, do you want to talk about that a little later? Um, we can definitely talk about it a little later. Yeah, but, yeah. Let's um, talk. Let's talk about that. Uh, oh, yeah. after after this recording. But, yeah. Do you think Dubnik might start instead of Stadlock tomorrow? Uh, As a Canucks fan, I'll be happy, but I wouldn't mind either. Doesn't matter. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, good question. The weird thing with the wild goaltender situation during the season was that they were going obviously they were going back and forth with the um with the goaltenders that they had like with Stalock and uh, and Dubnik so it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted to do that but like at the same time like you have to think about the benefit of it is there a benefit for them doing it like maybe there is maybe there isn't but um just making sure um Devin Dubnik is like is is he currently the backup? Like I just want to make I just I wanted to make Dubnik sure. Dubnik is a starter, but Stalock took his job, I guess. Like, technically, and he's kind of playing like their starter now, but Dubnik is supposed to be the starter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Wait, let's see. Have have Alex Stalock, Devin Dubnik, Capo Kakanen. Oh. Is Kakanen their third? Because I see I it on know. the scratches. Like on the scratches, I, I see Capo Cockney. So. Oh, I thought you said Capo Cockney. I was like, that's not a goal. No, no, that's, that's Rangers. They're already out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Too bad for the Rangers. Hurricanes yeah, just see. swept them. Let me see. Someone broke down. This. Uh, not sure. I haven't seen anything about Devin Dubnik recently. So. Okay, anyway, we'll see about that tomorrow, tomorrow night, 7.45, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, yep, it's actually, it's actually a game that's happening in the evening, so don't worry. You don't have to break yeah. out the, uh, don't have to break out the radio. Exactly. During, uh, during work. No, 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 not tomorrow. PJ Championship tomorrow. I'll watch that after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll You're watching at work? Yeah, yeah okay. probably. Nice, I'm pretty nice. sure my manager will allow it, but if not, I'll check up Tiger Tracker every once in a while. But yeah, all right. So yeah, so like Devin Dubnik uh, got beat out by Stalock. D- Dubnik struggled during regular season. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, could always be. Could always be Dubnik. Um, could be, or they could just run with Stulak again. Yeah, they could. So he can I mean, perfect his diving techniques, but yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, last thing I want to talk about uh, is Champions League. If you're down, tomorrow we have Real Madrid and Juventus playing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. So your predictions for Juventus, Lyon, and uh, Real Madrid, Man City. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Was it Man City? Ooh. I think it was Man City. Yeah. I th- I think so. I think so. Like. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is that, like, obviously, Champions League is back. So that's the that's first off, like, the most amazing thing. Like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, like I think, like you know. Like in particular, like one thing I really liked about, you know, Europe uh, with the coronavirus situation, like, you know, at first it was definitely more dicey, especially since like with the European unions, like obviously like, you know, it's more of like, like they have like more like, you know, exchange of goods and more like, you know, transportation within, within like, you know, the whole, like, you know, the, the Schlangen, like how how do you pronounce the area, the Schlangen early area? Like that's horrible pronunciation. Please don't, please don't fire, please don't uh, flame me on that pronunciation. <laughs> I just, I just want it. I just want that noted. Um, but you know, with with that, like now they're able to start soccer. They're able to start, like you know, obviously the um, able to start the. Um, like the Champions League, like hopefully with um, consistent testing, like with uh, the NHL has basically been um, been implementing. Uh, if you ever watch um, like how the NHL has been doing, like there's a video that the Canucks done in particular about uh, the bubble. So that's pretty good. Um, but anyway, that's like completely far away from soccer. Uh, sorry, just mm-hmm. to make sure what, um, what prediction were you predicting uh, for both uh, Juventus, Lyon, Real Madrid, Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Because I didn't really have much expectations, like in general, for for like soccer. That's the that's that's one of the weird things. Like because I didn't think it was gonna start off like so quickly and so soon. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's a good sign for sure. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I think I think Real Madrid could could mount that comeback. Like. My personal, so? my okay, personal okay. opinion. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think they could. I think they could. And um, then Juventus, like, Juventus, Juventus. Now that's one of the teams I don't really follow a lot. That's the only. Well, Ronaldo's on that team, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do know that, but like mm-hmm. the thing is, like that's like saying, like you know, like asking any person on on the street, like you know, what's one soccer player you know? Like you'll say, like maybe Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, yeah. So. Like that's um. Oh yeah, no, they got other good, 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 too. good, good question. Like you know, I feel like this is this is something you can talk more about. Um, no, for sure. What, but I, what, I want to know your prediction mm-hmm. first because you already made one for Real Madrid, so right. Yeah, like, like, like a lot of people say like City could could beat them, which like they are they are <laughs> leading like you know but i think like you know the last matchup that we saw like in february before the whole like you know virus basically like occurred like i think that like you know it was like from what i saw like it was pretty close enough like i didn't think like you know 
like the game like you know the game was pretty close it was a stunning Madrid should have won. it was Madrid it was it was stunning in the fact that like manchester city i think won in itself yeah they, they like, came you know, back I, too, too. yeah so basically because of that they basically beat them in that first leg win uh and i think real madrid will will basically like you know have these like months of pent up like you know frustration wanting to beat manchester city so that's what that's what I see personally. Because like, they I want think, the league like, too, right? So, mm-hmm. I'll give yeah, some of course. So, like you know, with with that, like you know, basically said, like I think, like you know, they're gonna they're gonna beat, like you know, Manchester City. They already got, like you know, they they got beat by Arsenal, like of course. So, like I think, like if Arsenal can beat Manchester City, then like this, then certainly, like you know, like Real Madrid could. Like that's my that's my personal opinion. No, yeah, Real Madrid are in good form right now, so I can, I can see that happening too. Okay, so Juventus now. Yes. Like, Lyon isn't a team I know that well, but all I know is mm-hmm. that they beat Juventus one nothing in their home game. Mm-hmm. Juventus yes. will be yeah. tra- trailing, heading into tomorrow, so or today. Uh, just making sure, is it Lyon versus Juventus today? Or was that the game that already happened? No, no, it's today. Okay, the so Juventus one. versus Lyon, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. The second leg was basically happening today, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, first off, like, obviously they're coming off, like, you know, off, obviously being the champions um, within, uh, within Italy. So I think that's something that I think they could take uh, in particular. Um, let me just let me just think about this for for a second because I don't know much about them, so I just have to quickly look them up again. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, so, like what what yeah. what kind of uh, opinions do you have about Juventus uh, anyway, Justin? I, for Juventus think... Lyon, I'm I'm shocked that they lost first leg. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have definitely won. Lyon is definitely the underdogs. By a lot, but Juventus, although they won Syria title, um, they are not coming in the best form. Of course, when you win the league, you don't have that mo- that much motivation to play well or even win, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of that, season. because of that lost um, versus Lyon, right? Yeah, exactly. They're pre- prepping for Champions League. They don't really mm-hmm. care. They won the league. They're just re- ready to face Lyon, right? So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah, like Ronaldo always does. I think he's gonna come out with a fire, like he did against Atletico Madrid last year. Um, yeah, I'm gonna predict... like, like what? What did you think about like you know Bruno when he was basically, um, basically like debuting versus mm-hmm. like Juventus? Did you did you end up seeing like how he performed? Who Bruno? Uh Bruno. Yeah, the um, the Bruno. midfielder. Bruno, the midfielder from um, from Lyon, because that's oh, the guy I heard. Of, oh, that's the guy that I heard. That, that's, that's a guy I heard about a lot. Um, just like from Lyon, like um, from like a few of my like football f- um friends. Basically, what Honestly, they told me, like, yeah. and this is like more like their hearsay than than my on honestly, because Champions League's probably something that I've followed less and less like the last like bunches of years and honestly it's kind of showing right now so that's completely under like you know completely understandable i don't know much yeah, um, right. but like 
But like from what from what I basically saw was that like you know Bruno in in particular, and I think this is the reason why like Leon ended up winning during that first leg, was that like you know he was able to be like that big driving force essentially like you know within the um, within within the game that they had against Juventus like you know he was able to um, from what I remember like them talking about like he was basically someone that is basically like that midfielder that can control that you know that kind of neutral type of zone in a way, like, you know, with it, within the field, like be able to like control that, you know, like that middle part, make sure that the ball doesn't cross the center line. And essentially like, you know, he's the guy that's catal- catalyzing like a lot of plays like over to, over to the attackers and the, and the strikers. So I think that like, you know, in particular, like Bruno, if you're looking, um, onto this game that's happening today against Juventus. Like he's definitely going to be um, someone when to watch, watch for in particular. Okay, okay. Like okay, a lot of people are already indicating that he's going to be like a really, really good midfielder. Like the thing is like, he's very young too. So I think that's, oh, how uh, young is he? that's hmm? how young is he? early twenties from what I remember. Oh, so okay. yeah. Yeah. So like, so like for this last leg against Juventus, um, you think that um, like who, who, what was your prediction again for um, Juventus? Honestly, video? okay, honestly, sure Juventus should have won that game because they're their favorites. Mm-hmm. But just watching the highlights too, Lyon o- almost really took control of the game and they could have won by more if they took their mm-hmm. chances. Le- Juventus first need to play a solid defense, and that's something we haven't seen much recently, and that's why the form has dropped. But I think Ronaldo's determination and just his ability to play play well in, you know, critical matches, knockout matches, is gonna over overpower Leon. I'm gonna guess two goals for Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And they have great players like Dybala too. I think he might get a goal possibly. Uh, I'm gonna say three one Juventus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just like looking, looking around a little bit on the, a little bit around on, on Juventus. Looks like some yeah, people are Juventus already expecting. Yeah, no, people I, people I, are already expecting. Like, like they're expecting. Obviously, with like, like the reason why, like obviously, like they got Ronaldo is to win the Champions League. I'm pretty sure, yeah. like that's basically yeah, yeah. the 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 gist of like why they've invested a lot. I don't know how much they invested to like get Ronaldo, but like. Like, quite a bit, yeah. Quite. Let, let's just let's just say the number is quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, no, like they didn't get him to win the league because they won nine, eight consecutive years before he came, or seven. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. It's to win the Champions League, so that this is the main thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if Juventus basically fails again, like, like at that point, you don't, really, huh? Yeah. Like without, like without, without Ronaldo, like you know, and with Ronaldo, if they fail with Ronaldo, like you know, there's no, there's no excuses, like at that, at that point. But there's also the thing where because Ronaldo is so impactful and so, you know, he's mm-hmm. all he's out there, he's the main focus. So without Ronaldo, they might play more, like better as a team. But mm-hmm. when they need someone the most, they won't have that guy to. You know, take the reins, score that big goal. So there's pros and cons there. I can definitely see. Like Juventus yeah. definitely, or any team without Ronaldo, will definitely probably pass better 
have better chemistry with each other, but when they really need it, they won't have someone to decide the game. Like yeah. Dybala, it, Paulo Dybala. He's is, it, is, it confir- is it confirmed that Ronaldo's playing? Just to make sure. Yeah. Um, of course Ronaldo's going to play. I if no, was, no, if like, he, like if there was like any sort of like you know problems like with with Ronaldo, like even if Ronaldo, like if even if Ronaldo had an injury, he's not going to miss a Champions League game, and mm-hmm. he's definitely going to play tomorrow. Or today. Okay, just just want just want to oh, just yeah. want to make sure on that right. one. Yeah, and yeah, Juventus have great players. I follow them quite a bit, so they have like mm-hmm. the lid. Delit, I know they. From I, I know they have. Um, who who was it? Um, there was there was like a really and... there was a really good defender there too, a young defender too. Yeah, Delit, Delit. I think yeah, he's Delit, Delit. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that's the Dilet, guy. Like my yeah. friend um, also indicated to me in particular, like he was also like a very young um, defender, oh, but yeah. he's also oh, like yeah. very offensively, like you know, performing. From, that's true. He can score from one. He, mm-hmm. We got him from Ajax, and he's the one that kind of mm-hmm. knocked us out last year. Okay. So hopefully, okay. he can do something this year for us. Um, yeah. We have Paulo Dybala, Argentinian winger, who's been who's had great who had a great season this year, and hopefully he starts along with Ronaldo. We have Gonzalo Higuain too, and uh, Marilyn Pjanic. Um, who else like? Oh yeah, one of my favorites is uh, oh, what is his name? Oh yeah, D- Douglas Costa, who's, who's a good mm-hmm. midfielder too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. right, Juventus have the talent and they have great goalkeeper as well. So if they can just steady up, steady up defense and let Ronaldo, Ibala, and hopefully if the mid- midfield can actually do something, I think they can turn this tie around. Certainly, certainly. And, you know, I think that, you know, no, knowing that they have like this oodles amount of, um, you know, star power, like, you know, they definitely would, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Are they like considered like, I'm, I would assume yes, but like, are they consumed like the absolute like favorites for the Champions League? I want to say the absolute favorites, but they're one of the favorites. Like there's some really good teams, you know, there's yeah, like, of, course. of course, like Barcelona, of course. Like who's into the fixtures? So like, there's I like Bayern Munich. Um, what which is the team that Messi is uh, part of? Barcelona, Barcelona, Barcelona. Barcelona still, I don't still think Barcelona. Barcelona okay. the favorite. Like they are in really bad shape right now, and Messi's mm-hmm. not in the best mental shape too. But who knows? But I so so basically, so basically, it's like Argentina in general. So okay, cool. That's good to know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, yeah, Barcelona, um, Man City, of course, uh, Real Madrid, Juventus, Bayern Munich. Those are the teams you're basically watching for. Yeah, yeah, like for the favorites, Mm -hmm. I guess. And yeah, I forgot PSG and Liverpool Mm -hmm. were part of it too. But yeah, if they are, then they are they're a good bet to have as well. But, you know, for me, I want Juventus to win. I think they have a good chance. Mm-hmm. But it all starts yeah. tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah. How, how has Ronaldo been, like, the last, like, few years in particular? Since he's, of course, like, you know, aging. Like, you know, how has his speed been with the, with the ball? The thing like, is, you know, how is his, yeah. how is his, uh, has his instincts, like, basically, you know, been, like, 
sticking like the last like few years because like from what I've been hearing like he's been a little bit slower but at the same time his uh his passing accuracy is still like bar none at the moment no yeah no obviously uh as he's getting older his speed's gonna slow down a little bit his body's not gonna react as quickly as usual but something I noticed is that like in in Real Madrid he became more of a poacher like mm-hmm. he was a he was amazing in, in the box, but that's what he was, a striker, essentially. He scores the goals when you need. But Juventus is more of a defensive team, and he has mm. to come back for to build up the play a little more, like around the halfway line. He will come back, build up the play, then move up. And yeah. something I noticed was his skills and his speed has come back a little bit, which is, which is really very interesting to see because that you usually – when you're 34, 35, you're on a downward spiral. Not a lot of players play at the level Ronaldo's at and still gets, he still gets the hate, of course. But that's what happens when you're one of the greatest of all time. But yeah, his skills and like his ability to dribble opponents and his, like, of course, his speed drop, but there's moments when he, he can, you know, get up to that speed again where we saw flashes of Manchester United Ronaldo. And it's it's really cool to see. But yeah, of course he's not gonna be as fast as before. I think his form remains and this year he scored thirty one league goals. Of course twelve of them were penalties. But still that's second in Syria. He could he could have won Golden Boot, but another player named uh Ciro Immobile from Lazio, he won with thirty six goals, so props to him. Yeah. yeah, Ronaldo Ronaldo's still Ronaldo still top Ronaldo's top Ronaldo. men's player for UEFA. Yeah. So like you know, definitely shows even with even with the you know with the aging in particular. Like you know, with with soccer, it's definitely like a game that like you know, it's not like you know if you're 35, you're basically like ready to step out. Like you know, it's definitely like a game where you can definitely stay in the league if you still have that. Uh, still have that IQ as well as obviously that passing ability. And like, you know, if you have that one trait that you're able to use to basically be, you know, a steady presence on the field. Oh yeah. And yeah, uh, Ronaldo's passing. Or, or, His playmaking pitch, is very underrated. <laughs> it's very underrated for sure. People don't mention as much and you gotta, you gotta remember Ronaldo's just not any average player. He's one of the greatest to ever play a game and, yeah, I think that speaks enough and a reason yeah. why he's still playing at the level he is. He works so hard on his fitness to stay mm-hmm. in shape every game, every day, which is yeah. an inspiration and something to really be motivated by. But yeah, those are the reasons. Definitely. You know, he's definitely, him. definitely highly motivated individual. It definitely shows he's definitely like. Like fully, like definitely amazing, like amazing, amazing confidence and work ethic. Like you know, definitely shows. If you've known like Ronaldo, he's definitely like a class A professional, and he's. I I think like that's why like I really thought like you know like really looking into like Juventus a little more. Like I think he mm-hmm. can be like like if not the team, like one of the one of the favorites, basically to push like. Juventus over to to basically the Champions League, but you know, then again, no, like you know, true. when it comes with soccer, like you know, it's you know obviously it's one yeah. game. So, like obviously yeah. it's unpredictable because like you know, could always be one game. 
like, you know, and obviously when it comes to, when it comes to variability, it's not like it's like completely out of the league that Lyon could win again. Like, you know, but I think that Juventus, like, you know, from, from looking at the matchup and from me, like looking around, like, I think like, I think Juventus could definitely make a comeback on, on this, on this last leg. I just wish I can watch live, but I don't think I'll be able to. I don't think our no. manager will turn on FIFA. And I don't FIFA, even know. If be nah. on TV. Well, I the thing is, you're also working in a golf mm-hmm. shop, so I don't think that's, that's true. You'll probably do. you'll probably turn on PGA Championship first for anything yeah. else. But I'll yeah. just see on my phone and hope Juventus <laughs> make the comeback. I just realized, by the way, I just called like the football pitch a field, and I just want to apologize for that. Like I, I should. Oh yeah, it's okay. It's it's I'm it's, sure it's a we pitch. won't have a lot it's of European. I don't think we have a lot of European watchers right now so far. Yeah. So it'll be okay. Nah, it's just for any soccer from for any soccer traditionalists out there. I'm sorry, I called, football, I called football. it a soccer a soccer field. Football, a football, and I'm, I'm call I call I call it soccer. You know what? I'm I'm <laughs> I'm standing my ground. I'm a North American. All right. Well then, well then, we we like to see that. We like to see that. Well, yeah, um, I'll stand. I'll stand my. I'll stand my field on soccer. I won't stand my field on calling it a field, though. Okay. Like, anyway. So yeah, um, your prediction finally for Juventus Lyon. Juventus Lyon. Uh like you want me to give like a score or something, or is that like? Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and Real Madrid. I don't think you gave a score for that. Uh good thing. I don't. I don't know. I've. Who like my answer will be? Who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> like okay. maybe 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 I'll just say something like maybe I'll just say something like you know maybe two zero for each. But I don't I don't. The thing is I don't even know who who like who necessarily will score because I've I'm I'm horrible at predicting who who will score like for for any sort of like soccer game like. Now, for all for all I know, Ronaldo will score like all the goals for Juventus. Like, I might as well just might as well go with the safe the safe <laughs> pick and say like Ronaldo will be the ones that score. It'll be two zero Juventus. There you go. There okay. You go. There's right. your Madrid, there's your like non educated safe selection on oh, yeah. who right. will score you in Juventus. And like, uh, you know, if if anyone yeah. scores any if anyone scores in Lyon, like I think like personally like. Like the midfielder, like I said already, Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Real Madrid, you just said Real Madrid are gonna make the comeback. So mm-hmm. I guess like two one or something, one zero, two zero. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see who who's. I need to make sure. Was it was it Marco that was um, one of the attackers, or was he like Ma- someone else? Marco Asensio. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a attacking player. He's an attacking player. We also have ben, Benzema. Benzema, yes. Hazard. Um, uh, I won't make predictions on who scored in Milver Madrid because, like, I'm already like, I'm already like, you know, giving away all the credibility that I already have when it comes to Champions League. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like. Say two one, and uh, you guys can uh, yeah. figure out who scores that one. You know, it can okay. be up to your uh, interpretation. Uh, 
But I think like Real Madrid, like as a whole, like the thing is, like when it comes to soccer in general, I haven't, re- I don't really follow like individual players as much as like teams. So, like I think, like personally, I'm just gonna say it's two one Real Madrid over Man City, and it's because like I just personally I believe more in Real Madrid over over Man City. So Real Madrid. Nice. And then two nothing Juventus over Lyon. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. That about wraps it up for tonight's podcast. It went a little longer than expected, but it's just fine. We got a lot to talk what, about. I wish we talked about the PGA Championship. Like at we least know about the PGA Championship. We can talk about that maybe tomorrow if you're down. After second yeah. round, or uh, maybe, yeah. yeah, I already yeah. have. Um, I ha- I'm having a fantasy um pool with um with my um with my uh with my company about who's going to win the most prize money. Uh, well, it's because it's a golf company, so obviously we who have you, to do something who, with who the PGA. You, who are you betting on? Uh, so like when it comes to our pool, it's not like we're betting on who will win, but it's on like we choose basically a set amount of players. And we basically, from there, will say, like, who will win the most prize money? That's basically, oh, like, how okay. this pool will work. And we choose, we basically chose 10 players, one out of, like, each, like, group that was defined by, like, kind of all of us. Like, we said, like, like you know, out of, like, this group, like, you know, who do you want to choose out of it? And, like, usually it's defined by, like, you know, group one was, like, the really, really good players. And group 10 was kind of, like, the dark horses in a way. Okay. So... Yeah, yeah, but uh, I already have my ten. Uh, some of them have done done really well. A few of them have done pretty horribly to start, unfortunately. So, yeah. Who's your who? Okay, who, just without your fantasy thing, who's your mm-hmm. favorite, or or who do you want to win? The PJ uh, I, I think Cap. I think Kepka could win. I think that's oh, the player that I you? will. You think? He I think. I think he. I think he could. I think he could three P on this one. Wow. I think this is this is something. one that he can he can he can do. That would be something. He started well, four under, one shot back for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, he's yeah. the he's the main guy that I have on my fantasy at the moment. Unfortunately, oh. I also have Garcia and M who are also plus three. So that's uh, that's 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 the only problem. So do you have the goat. But, uh, do you have the goat on your fantasy? I do have the goat. Yes. Nice. Okay. Like That's it was either, it was either the goat or McElroy or Shoffley. I think those Ooh, were the three. Tough. I was like deciding. Shoffley. Like, Shoffley is. Shoffley. was a safe pick for that one, but yeah. I think personally, the reason why I think Kepka will win, and like you know, even though like you know he's East Coast guy, and like you know, if you know anything about golfing, like you'll realize like West Coast and East Coast, there's like kind of different it's kind of different environments and there's different types of like in a way like grass like you know to basically like um Bermuda and bent to yeah basically like you know to have like different types of confidences in like you know how different stimps would be working on the greens as well as like you know uh out of the rough as well like you know like people on the West Coast, for example, with like Tiger Woods, and this is why I chose Tiger Woods. Like obviously he was out of stand. Yes. Um, like I think like he he can he can perform in a in a course like you know in San Francisco. Uh, and 
like, you know, with Brooks Kepka, the reason why I think he will win is like, he obviously has like this momentum with like, you know, with this three feet. And I think that my personal opinion, like, you know, obviously with his, like, you know, with long ball game and like his very accurate um, short game, as well as like, you know, short irons, I think that's the thing that will basically, um, basically will allow him to make a nice run in, in general. Uh, that's a that's a good pick. Can't go mm-hmm. wrong with Brooks Kepka in the majors for yeah. sure. For sure. All right, all right. There we have it, folks. Jason's going for Brooks Kepka. Yeah. For a PGA Championship. And, Juventus. And apparently, and, I'm apparently I'm going Madrid. for Juventus and Real Madrid. And Real Madrid <laughs> in the Champions League. And Vancouver even though I know like one player, like one two players out of each of those teams, but like there you go, it's the it's the average foot football watcher. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see tomorrow we'll, or today. Thanks for ha- uh, thanks for being on again, Jason. Always of course, to have you on. Of course, yeah, it's great. Just great conversing as usual. Like you know, definitely feels like you know more casual with this type of. Like conversation style, so. Oh yeah, I, I, that's why I love this sports podcast kind of, you know, platform. It's great, mm-hmm. casual, fun to talk to, and who knows, maybe make a few dollars out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, of course. Well, hey, if any, if anything, we are like people who are re- well. I, I was recent graduate, but like, Justin, you're still in a uni, right? I am. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, ever want to support people who who would like, you know, a few extra dollars for, you know, a better university experience over here. Nah. <laughs> yes, uh, that'll be great, guys. Uh, recall, we're, we're calling you out. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks, thanks for being on, Jason. It's been a pleasure. And that about wraps it up in about an hour and 20. Wow, this one's a long one. Hopefully mm-hmm. you guys stick around. <laughs> I need to export stuck, these, stuck. by the way. Um, might need Jason's help, or I don't know. Maybe I'll just export it now. Who knows? Yeah. Could always learn on the Anchor app. Like they always have like oh, yeah. you know a help button. I think if anything, it's like good for for learning. So. Oh yeah. You know. anyway, anyway, just want to say thanks again for having me. You know, thanks for thanks again for anyone who's like listening. Hopefully, like you know, you're using sports in general to just like have an escape with uh, unfortunate things that have been going on in the world in general. Like, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, whether our team wins or like our favorite players are performing up to our standards, I think in general, I'm just like happy that we're able to have like, you know, entertainment to basically get us through. So like, you know, know. I agree for sure. No, it's just good to have sports and especially hockey back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, you know, as always, like, prayers not only to the people who are, like, you know, frontline workers, but also for those who are uh, currently affected, uh, whether one was positive with coronavirus or, like, you know, ones who are, who have families or or who have loved ones who are affected by corona. Like, obviously, uh, you know, I pray, I pray for, pray for those to uh, continue to heal and uh, obviously pray for those who are working hard uh, in the front lines at the moment. So just thanks so much. Oh, yeah, that's great to mention. I just want to quickly mention about South Korea and parts of South Korea. Um, they went through a flood 
the other day. I think mm-hmm. it was yesterday. And yeah. uh, we're still going through some after effects. Um, the people there, you know. So all prayers for that family, the families there, and everywhere around the world that's going through a tough time. Um, yeah, yeah. Like at the moment they're deal like dealing with, you know, obviously like, you know, this is still hurricane season. I think we kind of forgot mm-hmm. this was hurricane season, uh, obviously for, for South Korean and uh, Japan, it's typhoon yeah. season. But um, I know that uh, Florida, like at the, at the recording of this, like they're going to be dealing with a tropical storm soon too. So like, you know, prayers for those mm-hmm. who will be affected in Florida sure. too, uh, you know, just hope, hopefully, like I heard, like the tropical storm was basically like weakening. So, like you know, hopefully, uh, who was it? Isaiah? I think it was Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah. Like they went through like around where Puerto Rico was, and now it's uh, approaching Florida. So prayers for those to stay safe, uh, including my family who's also in, uh, like some of my family who is in Florida too. So. Oh yeah, prayers for Jason's family, and just mm-hmm. for the world. Yep. Um, we can't do this without any of you. And everyone stay safe, you know. And we'll see you on our next podcast. Whether it's with Jason or another guest. You know, let's all have a good time. I'll also figure out a way to finish this podcast with a slogan or something like that. We'll see. Well, yeah. Get something on get something on a t-shirt. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> team like us. Wait, team wait, team like that. Yeah, team like that or something like that. Yeah. yeah no yeah. copyright there. But yeah, signing off. Yeah. Uh, that slogan felt like it's, it's, it was a millennia ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Anyway, we're signing out boys and girls. We're not judging here. Peace. Take care.